how to use the mechanical structures sort of to to increase the sensitivity yeah. right? to increase the sensitivity okay yeah that's uh, that's that's that, that's very important that's very important and then in this case um, mechanics can also play a very important role but then the people the, the people come up with this, uh, some bio inspired approach right for instance in the case of spiders uh-huh. spiders okay they have they're so sensitive the spider lives based on sensing of vibrations okay if there's a a, a prey right in the in the net they will cause tiny vibrations then they can sense okay so how can they be so sensitive so in this case, people look at the, look into the feet of the uh, spiders. They'll find out that there are tiny cracks. Okay, there are arrays of cracks. Okay, so what does this crack do? Uh, well, without going to uh, details, so the crack actually make the sensing much more sensitive. It's kind of localized the 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 strain, and then reduce the overall stiffness of of, of, of the tiny feet and then so this way when, when there's a deformation comes and then the resistance change can be can be much larger okay so yeah the, well if you speak in terms of called the gauge factor that, that can be very large like can be thousands for a, a typical material maybe only a, a few okay so mechanical design in this case plays the key role right actually a lot of uh, examples from the natures in this case they are using strategically using the cracks right take advantage of the cracks in this podcast i'm sharing my passion and curiosity for soft robotics where we share inspiring stories about the work we do and how we can push the limit. I am Mara Dweeney and this is Soft Robotics Podcast. Support for this show comes from Science Robotics Journal. I really find Science Robotics to be a great resource for reliable and tangible research where we can really push the limit of the science we do in robotics. Great way to stay up to date with the published article is checking out the released monthly issue. All the links will be included in each episode description. We will also happen to have a regular conversation on the most published science robotic articles, where also you can contribute with your question and thoughts about the research. Thanks Science Robotics for sponsoring Soft Robotics Podcast. Maybe firstly, I would like to ask you how you would like to define yourself will be people first time listening to you how would you like to define yourself um well okay i'm a professor at nc state university um i teach in mechanics materials and uh, micro nano systems and uh, so that's my teaching area so my research areas in yeah anywhere from mechanics to this this to uh, soft electronics and soft robotics using nano materials um yeah i think yeah that's about me yeah, great. So maybe before going to your research, especially in soft robotics, and I think you have really a great research line here. But maybe I ask you what maybe challenging so far you can highlight the challenging aspect in soft robotics from material perspective, and also the mechanics. If you can tell us maybe something interesting about mechanics and structure, if you can tell us what are the challenging aspect as a general view for soft robotics. 
Okay, yeah, that's a great question. For soft robotics, as you see, yeah, it's multidisciplinary. It uh, yeah, make materials definitely plays a key role, right? Mechanics, mechanics, and design also plays an important role. Uh, so in terms of the materials challenges, um, I would say so for soft robotics, right? So you, you see, it includes several aspects, right? We are talking about uh, actuation, right? We are talking about sensing, and also have electronics. Okay, so this is three sort of components for soft electronics. For each of them, uh, we, we would require a novel materials. Okay, so as an example, let's say for um, for the actuation purpose, right? We want materials that, first of all, that is soft, and then depending on the actuation mechanism, for instance, if you involve thermal actuations, then you want to have a soft materials with a high thermal conductivity, which itself uh, is a challenge, right? And then, uh, also, we want the materials to be uh, responding quickly. Okay, so also oftentimes we will have materials that can uh, be quick and also reversible switching between a stiff state and uh, and a soft state. Okay, um, and also we want uh, materials that can have a self heating capabilities. Right? And also materials that are stretchable. So this really a, a, a wider range of uh, requirements for materials, right? Because as we know, right, soft electronics uh, and soft robotics, right, they are sort of emerging field, right. So posting a very different requirements in terms of materials. So they are very different in from the materials that are used for the rigid robotics, right. So. Well, that was a general answer. I, I hope, but I, I would say in general, we would need to have materials with very unusual properties, very unusual combinations. Okay, and you also asking about mechanics and design. Also, plays a very important role. Okay, because um, robotics, uh, at the end of the day, is is a mechanical device. Right. So, how to optimize the structure? Right. How to optimize the. Uh, the, the architecture of, of the robotics that uh, also plays a very important role. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Maybe I want to ask you, because you mentioned very that very interesting point about the design and the trade-offs. Maybe when you try to look to the design that we want, for example, stretchable material and we have this conductivity, there is many aspects here. What do you think may be the lacking point here? Do you think it's modeling? Do you think it's material properties? Do you think understanding mechanics? What is missing here to achieve what you mentioned? Do you think this okay. is yeah the aspect here missing? I think all the aspects are important, right? Because the software robotics is truly uh, multidisciplinary. But I, I would put a little more emphasis on the materials aspect because uh, the materials is, at the end of the day, is something really that makes things happen. Um, as I briefly mentioned earlier, right? So the materials... Uh, has requires unusual combination, right? You also mentioned. So you, you want something to be very soft, but also to be electrically conductive, right? That, that's challenging. Also thermally conductive, that is challenging, right? Um, so many, many people, many groups are, are working in the area. Let's say, if, especially for soft electronics, I, I would say the materials development for soft electronics has, has been going on for uh, quite a long time, maybe one decade, maybe two decades now, right? So a lot of new materials have been developed for soft electronics, or let's say maybe stretchable electronics, right? To to be to be more specific, right? Which which is quite challenging. Um, so we have uh, different types of uh, materials, right? Which can be stretchable, but you, right, you can have uh, um, microfabricated materials, 
right? Thin films, but you can use some mechanical design to make them into some stretchable configurations. Right? Also, you can use uh, uh, nano nanomaterials, right? You have uh, uh, 2D materials like a graphene. You have carbon nanotubes. You have nano wires, even nanoparticles. Right? You can put them in 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 a composite form. Okay, and also maybe with some mechanical uh, mechanics uh, design guidelines. Okay, then you can also make them stretchable. Okay, uh, also polymers. Right, you can have conductive polymers. Right, and so all these are materials. Okay, so they have been used for soft electronics. I would say a lot of these materials can be used uh, for soft robotics, and also a lot of the, the there's some design guidelines, right? Especially some mechanics principles behind this to make them stretchable. So the, all those can be used for soft robotics. Um, yeah, I hope I answered your question, right? So in general, right? Multidisciplinary and uh, materials very important, but mechanics can and also yeah useful. Yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting. Maybe I want to highlight the example here. But I think the question I, I'm, I'm really curious about, you mentioned that we need to more, we need more emphasis in material aspect. But I was about to ask you for you, which more significant maybe bar do you think uh, may be interesting for designing soft robots or machines? Is it the material part or architecture structure? And why I'm asking this question, for example, when we look at the toughness how we can increase toughness in soft structures or soft material. There's intrinsic way and extrinsic way to increase the toughness. And when we look to the intrinsic one, maybe the material part, and the extrinsic ways to increase toughness in soft material, it gets more interesting. And there's rich mechanics maybe behind it, how the morphology or geometry of the soft material, different soft material can increase toughness. That's why I'm asking you, where do you think the maybe the right approach is it intrinsically in the material embedded in material level or just playing the mechanics in the continuum level of the material okay yeah very good question very good question yeah I think uh, my short answer is we need it from both sides okay we need it from both sides um, but the mechanics principle has been in place okay so the mechanical design right we know how to to, for instance, to minimize the stress, okay? And then we know how to, for instance, you talked about fracture toughness, right? We know how to design properly, right? So, uh, so to minimize the stress so that, well, it's supposed you have an existing crack, the crack will not advance, right? Mm -hmm. you, we, from the mechanics point of view, we, we can reduce the stress, but from the materials point of view, we can um, increase the fracture toughness. Okay, the material itself can increase toughness, but the mechanical design, right? Also, the the structure, the overall structure design, can can have a way to to reduce the stress. So, for a crack to advance, right? Let's let's just be specific with the crack as an example, right? For crack to advance, you you really need to have the the loading, right? The external loading, which comes with the stress. So you need to make sure that uh, loading, the stress state, is not. Well, from there, the loading, you're going to have something called a driving force, okay? Because, uh, but make sure that is less than the intrinsic toughness of the material. So it's like the two sides of the equations, two sides of the equations. So, so we need a both. We need a both. But the mechanics principles are, I would say, are mostly established. Well, mostly established for, for, 
uh, stiff materials, but uh, with with uh, some extensions. Okay, so I think that uh, to to the new materials, uh, to the new softer materials. Um, but I would say in general, the kind of established, but more in innovations are still in the uh, materials aspect, because again, yeah, softer materials is uh, in general a, a class of a new class of materials, right? And then especially in this case for soft robotics applications, we're talking about a soft and functional materials. Okay, So when you introduce this functional element, then, then the, the, yeah, there will also uh, introduce some additional uh, limitations in, in terms of, for instance, you may not be able to get uh, uh, the toughest soft material because you want to make that material also functional, right? electrically conductive. Then you have to, following the composite approach, you have to introduce some other uh, phases, right? nano fillers, for instance. Then that could also affect the, the, the mechanical properties. Um, but yeah, I think both are important, but I would say the materials could uh, have a, a wider space uh, in terms of innovation, because just me mechanics is uh, it's elegant, but it's a bit more established. Mm, that's interesting. That's an interesting answer. Maybe I want to ask you in that regard, because you really highlighted the answer in a very beautiful way. Maybe I want to ask you maybe what's still maybe lacking or missing in understanding. Since you mentioned mechanics is established, do you think there's other ways to understand the structure to give us interesting behavior in, in the mechanics level, just not material level? Do you think there's other missing approaches or studies to understand what's actually happening in the continuum level to increase certain functionality? Do you think it's very established or still do you think there's missing aspects here? Um. Okay, yeah, yeah, good question. Because when we say mechanics, we typically say mechanics of materials. So mm -hmm. as you can tell, so mechanics always goes with materials, right? For instance, when we look at uh, the bridge, right? When we design a bridge, okay, we need to make sure the bridge can, can, can take how much force, right? But at the same time, we need to make sure the material, you, you, the material selection, right? Based on that predicted uh, force or stress level, right? And then you choose appropriate uh, materials. So it's really uh, uh, both are they, they go hand by by hand, right? They, they, you, you never be able to separate the two. Um, when I say mechanics is more established, it's more of the mechanics principles. Okay, the principles are more established. For instance, they're based on the let's say Newton's law, right? It's still Newton's law. It works for not only stiff material; it also works for uh, softer materials, right? So we have a lot of the equations. Right in mechanics, right? We talk about the stress distribution. All this, the principle, the mechanics framework is elegant, right? It's very beautiful. But all those are established. But there, there will be some modifications, right? When you introduce some new materials, for instance, right? For for rigid materials, we oftentimes use a, a small string called assumption, okay? Because the the what we assume is a linear elastic deformation, right? But for softer materials, then we cannot do that. We cannot do that, right? Because the larger deformation is involved. And then the mechanics becomes more complicated. Okay, more complicated. But it's still yeah, established. Yeah. The framework was, was established. Mm. Um, 
That's what I mean. But I'm not saying mechanics is not important. Actually, my field is mechanics, so I just cannot <laughs> emphasize enough the importance of mechanics. Okay. So for all these designs, right, for structural purposes, in this case, soft robotics, right, so you have the functional materials. As long as there's a deformation, there is movement involved, mechanics is critical. So we must understand the basic mechanics principles in order for any of this to to happen, right? So the first, uh, for soft robotics, I said, well, we can develop some new materials and all, all this, right? So this can make software, but this will not go without the, the basic mechanics understanding. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Maybe I'll talk global, because also in the sensor, soft sensor, maybe you mentioned at the beginning this kind of a trade-off. Uh, you need stretchable, for example, and you make sure this conductivity is there. And it seems there's right. a trade-off how to, yeah, if you want, for example, let's take example, designing sensor, multimodality sensor, and you need to measure different signals. And, and I'd seen that uh, there is a consideration for the morphology or the geometry and also material properties. Can you tell us more from your experience this kind of trade-off if you try to design sensor, multimodality sensor, or just one sensor, for example, strain, you can make an example you, you think may be relevant here, but how do you see the combination of the morphology shape with uh, material properties to design sensor for a specific signal and make sure you get the right thing? You're measuring strain. You're not measuring any other signal. You, you see what okay. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Very, very, very important questions because, uh, oh, yeah, we are talking a lot about uh, soft sensors, right? But uh, oftentimes, yeah, the soft, you want the soft sensors to, do, to measure something, but oftentimes you may measure other sensors or other signals. Okay, so exactly to your point, right? So how do you um, isolate, right? There's no so-called crosstalk, right? No crosstalk between the signals, right? I can take uh, maybe one example is temperature sensor. Okay, temperature sensor. We, uh, a couple of years ago, we developed a, a stretchable temperature sensor. Okay, Temp and then that can be put placed on the skin, right? It's important to measure the skin temperature, right? which is a, a vital sign, right? So that's that's very important. So the well, there's different mechanisms to to measure temperature. The way we choose is um, essentially the resistance change uh, according to the temperature, right? So mm -hmm. is a, a resistive mechanism. But the problem is uh, there's many other. Uh, Inputs that, that can change the resistance, for instance, the stress, okay, or pressure, right? So you, we are talking about the application for wearable temperature sensors, right? When you wear it on the skin, right? So first of all, what to put on the skin, you, you will introduce a little bit of deformation, and then that can change the the resistance, and then also during the motion, right? And then so your your skin may deform and so on. So that can also you see the the, the the mechanical deformation can change the resistance. So how can you decouple this two? How can you decouple this two? Right? So in then in this case, no no matter how great the material is, it cannot solve the material the problem alone. Because the, let's say the the material is is so sensitive to temperature. But the, the, then you still don't solve the problem. So in this case we resort to uh, a mechanics design. Okay, so the specifically we use the so-called kirigami, kirigami structure. Okay, so the kirigami structures, right? I think many of you might know. So essentially, it's it's a Japanese art. It's a cut. Okay, you can cut uh, many. You, you can have a distribution of of cuts. 
Okay, so when you cut those, then and then when you stretch it again, what happens is then you will have uh, the ligaments connected. The ligaments when you stretch it, the ligaments con connected between the cracks, they will uh, rotate out of plane. Okay, so as a way to effectively reduce the stress. So even though the entire structure will change, the stretch by a hundred percent, but the local strain is very very small. It's less than one percent. So the local strain is what matters, is what changes the resistance. Right? So in this way, we effectively, even though you have deformation, mm -hmm. but the strain-induced resistance is, is minimized. Then what you measure is, is only from the temperature. The resistance changes only from the temperature. Okay. So at here, I'm just taking this as, as one example. right? So how to avoid the... The, the 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 strain right when you measure temperature so many other many other cases right so you have because you can measure many different signals right for instance we are talking about electrodes people are using the electrode okay the electrophysiological electrodes okay that's also a common soft electronic devices right there you also have so-called motion artifacts Okay, so when it moves, actually, it will cause mechanical deformation. It will cause a sliding on your skin, and it causes mechanical deformation. Right? So those, yeah, you also need to address those. So it's for for all this consideration, mechanics or design plays a, a key role. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Maybe I'll ask you in this regard about sensitivity in design. You mentioned decoupling, mechanical deformation, and I think that's highlight the mechanical design. But I want to ask right. you in this regard about increasing sensitivity through structure. Do you think, um, how do you think about this part, not only the material, but also structure, to increase sensitivity? Do you think what we may be lacking here or missing here to get the advantage of the structure of the sensor or, yeah, soft sensor here, the structure? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, so, you, Okay, I think in the previous example, I said is try, in that example, we try to get the, the intrinsic measurement of one signal, right? And then try to uh, mitigate the effect from another signal, right? Uh, I, I think this question is how to use the mechanical structures sort of to, to increase the sensitivity, yeah. right? To increase the sensitivity, okay? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's very important. That's very important. And then in this case, um, mechanics can also play a very important role. Actually, maybe let me give you an example of uh, maybe a string sensor in this case. Okay, string sensor, what happens typically when you string something, uh, let's say we use a resistor, there are different uh, string sensor mechanism, right? It could be the resistance mechanism, resistance change, it could be capacitance change, right? Let's take a, the resistance mechanism, that's the simplest uh, string sensor. So what happens is when you stretch it, okay, and then the resistance will change. Either the resistivity will change or the geometry changes will cause the resistance change, right? Um, but then the people the, the people come up with this, uh, some bio-inspired approach, right? For instance, in the case of spiders, okay. spiders, okay? They have, they're so sensitive. The spider lives based on sensing of vibrations, okay? If there's a, a, a prey, Right in the in the net, they will cause tiny vibrations. Then they can sense. Okay, so how can they be so sensitive? So in this case, people look at the look into the feet of the uh, spiders. They will find out that they are tiny cracks. Okay, they are arrays of cracks. Okay, so what does this crack do? 
well, without going into uh, details, so the crack actually make the sensing much more sensitive. It kind of localized the 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 strain, and then reduce the overall stiffness of 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 the tiny feet, and then so this way when there's a deformation comes, and then the resistance change can be can be much larger. Okay. So yeah, the, well, if you speak in terms of called the gauge factor, that, that can be very large, like can be thousands for a, a typical material, maybe only a, a few. Okay, so mechanical design in this case plays the key role, right? Actually, a lot of uh, examples from the natures in this case they are using strategically using the cracks, right? Take advantage of the cracks. That's really wonderful. First of all, I'm very passionate about spider, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because I wasn't aware about the crack. I think that's a very interesting topic, but I'm very glad you mentioned the spider example because it's very, yeah, I think it's something we discussed somehow at the podcast, but not exactly the one that the crack. Maybe if you can elaborate more, because I think what you mentioned about the spider leg is very also related to designing software material, maybe to resist damage or something in its nature. Um, maybe when you mention high gauge ratio, you mean the change in resistance will be more yeah. significant than the strain, right? To just elaborate, is that what you mean by high, right, high gauge right, factor right, here? Right. With the crack, yeah, with the crack, the, the resistance change will be much more than the case without crack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very fascinating, yeah. So maybe I want to ask you, and in the paper you also published in Soft Robotics, about how you can increase the temperature, I mean, it's thermal. Uh, conductivity or the stimulus for actuator. And I've, I've, if you can explain the concept behind using two different materials to thermal expansion, it's really interesting that you take advantage that this kind of non-similar thermal expansion for the material to form bending actuation. Maybe can you tell us the story okay. behind this paper? The sure, channel. sure, sure. Absolutely, yeah. So the, this uh, actuation principle is called a, a bimorph. In particular, called the thermal thermal biomorph structures. So exactly as you said, you bond the two materials together, okay, with a different thermal expansion coefficients, and then you heat them up. When you heat them up, what happens is well, one material expands more, the other expands less, right? But they are bonded together. So what happens? So as a result of the mechanical interactions, well, well the two uh, interact, negotiate between each other. As a result, they will bend. Okay, the bilayer will bend. Yeah, so the outer layer will the outer layer has larger thermal expansion coefficient. The inner layer, okay, uh, has has a smaller thermal uh, expansion coefficient. <coughs> so the, what happens is well, the thermal expansion, okay, that the, the axial deformation is very small. But now with this bending, okay, it's really amplified the deformation. The bending deformation can be much larger than the axial deformation you get from the thermal uh, expansion of, of of a single material, okay. So that's that, that's the basic principle of this uh, uh, thermal biomorph structure, and then but in this case we use but it, we have a larger deformation here right because we are using for using this for soft robotics application so the strain is is, is quite large it's much larger than the typical um, rigid materials okay? rigid material also use this uh, biomorph idea but the deformation here we are having is much larger, and then the challenge is how are you going to heat this up. Right. We have an embedded heater, 
Okay, we have embedded a heater. The heater is is between the two layers in between. Okay, and then we run current through. So we're using the dual heating, right? So we can heat up the structure. So then the the heater is also being deformed, right? It's also being bent. Actually, the heater because of the entire thing has a very large deformation, right? So the heater is also being uh, deformed, right? And then it will require a, a deformable heater. Right? That, that can be a challenge. Oftentimes, when you when you deform a heater, well, maybe the heater will, will fail. If it doesn't fail, the heating performance will change. It's because of the resistance changes. Okay, but this is geo heating, right? The resistance changes, then the heat generated will 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 will, will be changed. Right? So in this case, uh, this work yeah is built on our previous work based on stretchable conductors where the resistance doesn't change or change very little, okay, even under stretching. So in this case, we have deformation, well, actually some stretching in, in, in the heater, but the resistance doesn't change, so the heating performance remains constant. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe I want to ask you if there's maybe disagreement in the way of the design when it comes to, this is one of the example uh, to avoid this problem, uh, but do you have any example you can recall that you can, yeah, you can maybe highlight if you have disagreement or different views or approach to design in soft robotics. Do you have different view or disagreement when it comes to soft actuator design or certain example you have different mm -hmm. views on? Okay, okay. Um, maybe I will tell a little more mm. about this uh, SOMO actuator I was talking about, right? The SOMO actuator, so this is SOMO biomorph, right? It's, it's nice, it can bend quite a bit. And so, um, so in general, in in the field of software robotics, there are different actuation methods, right? It could be a pneumatic pressure, it could be heat, it could be electric field, it could be a magnetic field, or even chemical potential therapy. People literally have a, a combustion engine in, in, inside the software robot to power this. But the problem is, uh, no actuation method has has yet emerged as the dominant one because every method. Okay, has pros and cons in terms of the force, the speed, and then also requirement of uh, auxiliary equipment. For instance, in the case of pneumatic pressure, right, you have to carry a pump with you. Right. Um, so thermal actuation also, right? Thermal actuation is is nice because it's based on the dual heating, right? So it can be programmed, right? The thing that the device is lightweight, low actuation voltage. And then you can have potential for untested operation because you can have a wireless charging, or or you can use light. The light can 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 be turned into a heat, right? If you have a heat absorbing material, right? Um, but the problem is, is relatively slow. Okay, so this uh, you're asking for the disagreement or you see people. Well, we have interest in the thermal actuation, right? Because it's so so great. But now it's the major challenge is is, is slow. This this is an inherent challenge because uh, for soft materials, the thermal conductivity is 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 low. Okay, so that's the nature of a uh, um, soft materials because they are polymers. Okay, they are not like a crystalline material, like a metals or ceramics. Right, can be very fast in, in conducting heat. So it's slow. Okay, then people say, oh, okay, the idea, we can we can dope some nanomaterials inside to increase the thermal conductivity. Yes, that's a, that's a, that's a natural idea, right? We did that. Uh, it, it did improve uh, to some extent, but not much, 
not much because you cannot put too much of this uh, nanomaterials. Okay, if you put too much, they will, it will tend to agglomerate, uh, causing other issues. Okay, and then so how do we address this problem? So that's exactly uh, what to we reported in the paper. Also, one day we 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 look at this uh, Venus flytrap. Okay, the Venus flytrap that's uh, in the nature, right? So the there's no much, or well, there's no much uh, f this uh, f a faster actuation mechanism, something like a electrostatic actuation. Right? They don't have that luxury, right? All they have is uh, there's some water. Okay, there's some water. Anyway, in the nature, right? So the budget is is very limited, right? In terms of resources and so, on. but also why they can still deform very quickly because they have to catch the, the prey, right? Mm. It's the Venus flytrap. So what happens there, they actually take advantage of this called the mechanical uh, bi-stability. So initially, the Venus flytrap, or the one lobe, right? Or, if it, or two lobes, right? If you look at the one lobe, it's, it's a, essentially it's a film, but it's a, it's, a, it's a bent in one direction. The film is bent in one direction, okay? And then upon actuation, what happens is you will quickly bend into the other direction, right? Suppose uh, the film, you will have two directions, right? In plane, you have two directions, right? You have two directions. So initially bend in one direction, but then it quickly switch to bending in the other direction. So that mechanical, called a snap through, that happens very quickly. The switching happens very quickly. Oh, we thought maybe we can introduce this into our thermal actuators, right? So if we can introduce this kind of snap through, and then the actuation speed can be very fast. So that's what we did. So yeah, we, we, we introduced a little bit of pre-deformation. Okay? We introduced a little pre-deformation, and then when we, when we hit it, and then up to a critical point, you will suddenly switch to another state. So that snap through is, is very fast. So that's... Uh, that, 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 that's what uh, we did. So it's, it's really bio-inspired, and there's a lot to learn uh, from the nature. I think especially uh, in the field of soft robotics, right? Because everything is soft. The nature is soft, right? The human beings, right? The, the, all these are soft, so there's a lot we can learn. Um, already, a lot already has been learned. And this is just, just an, another example. Uh, the mechanical instability uh, can be very nicely done in the nature it also can be can be learned. Wonderful, wonderful. Maybe I want to ask you if there is any example maybe in mechanics of material not explicable or very challenging to explain. Do you have any encounter like if you can recall this kind of explaining the behavior of the material or certain design that the mechanics was quite challenging to approximate why this happening. Do you have this encounter like counterintuitive or I don't want to say unexplicable, but it may be hard to explain in mechanics alone. Mm. Okay, very good question. Okay, I need to think. Because uh, in general, mechanics of materials, right, that's, it follows the very, very basic physics laws, right? So I would say everything as long as you involve structures, as long as you involve deformations, okay, they are operated following mechanics principles. Um, so 
well, people can have different uh, understanding of, of, of mechanics, right? Or some people may misunderstand some of the mechanics principles, right? Or, um, but uh, I, I, I would be surprised if the mechanics and materials principle cannot be used to explain um, some phenomenon, because. Uh, well, maybe one example. I'm not sure if it's it's it's, it's totally uh, a good one. But for instance, we're talking about so-called size effects, okay? And then, well, the mechanics laws are are still prevalent, but the the behavior, the material behavior, could be different, right? So, for instance, um, when we look at, uh, oh yeah, I, I deal a lot with nanomaterials, okay? So we we interested in mechanical properties of nanomaterial, for instance, nanowires, right? Um, tens of nanometer in diameter. So what happens is that the surface of the nanowires, their mechanical properties can be very different from the inside of the nanowires. Why? It's because of the surface, right? So the nano, you have this surface layer. The surface, the atomic arrangement of the surface is different from that of the interior. So if if we look at it, maybe no no no, just just look at the surface of any anything any structure, small or large scale, right? So how to create a surface? To create a surface, you have to cut the neighboring atoms. You have to cut the other half, right? In order to create this surface. So what happens to the atoms on the surface, right? They they all of a sudden lose all the neighbors on the other side, okay? And then what happens to them? They will have to Adjust because when they lose the neighbor for each atom, they have to follow the mechanics law. They have to keep the balance, the force balance for each atom, right? Now they suddenly lose the neighbor, so that means they lose either attractive or, or compressive force, right, from mm -hmm. from the neighbors. They have to adjust themselves in order to be balanced, right? The equilibrium conditions, yeah, works no matter what scale. So they have to readjust the configuration. They will probably will be, be pulled in a little closer to 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 the interior atoms, right, or the, or the neighboring atoms on this side. Okay. So anyway, they will have to call the self uh, equilibrium. They have to adjust this. Okay. And then, so as a result of this um, reconfiguration, so the uh, let's say the bonding lens can be very different now. Okay. The bonding lens can be very different from this. Uh, uh, atoms in the in the interior, so there they will have the 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 the, the lattice constants, right? Just, but for those layers on the surface, or oh, you can affect a few, quite a few, a number of layers, okay, down into the into the bulk. So the properties can be very different, right? So then you have to take those into account, right? If you if you just take the the bulk properties, right, so treat that with with, with the, for the surface, then you can lead to. Uh, quite a uh, mistakes, right? or the approximation would, would not be um, reasonable. So I hope this example explains. My message is the mechanics of uh, materials, the principle uh, still works. Okay, the principle works at the, across the scales. I don't know, maybe maybe when the speed change is very high, when you, when you go to the relativity theory, maybe there's something different. But otherwise, from Typical applications, right? The, the the mechanics of materials principle in the in the Newton's framework would uh, would still work, and but we do need to look into the material systems, right? We do need to understand the, the right what kind of bondings are involved, right? What kind of uh, 
uh, interactions. Mm -hmm. uh, Very interesting. Well. Maybe since the close end, a few questions left. Maybe I want to ask you about the material that can be used as both actuator and sensor. And I'm asking you this question. I had this maybe experience a couple of years. I was working at a conductive polymer, and I, I, I know that it has limitation. The forcible use is so much high, and sometimes it's very slow response. And it seems that it's, it's bring again, that beginning, what you mentioned about the wish list and the material, that what you want. For you, when you try to think about material that has these old features, actuation, sensing, um, and the response time and the force, if you can pinpoint exactly now, um, maybe the right way to, to, to achieve this, this wish list in the material, what does it take to achieve this kind of wish listers and the design of the material, of material like this? Okay, I, I would say, um, well, we, if you, yeah, for the wish list, I would have the materials right, with with all the properties we mentioned, right? Um, fast response, right? High electrical conductivity, thermal conductivity, a self heating. And uh, you can change the states between being stiff and being being being, being soft and all those. Right? Um, so, so this would would require a lot of uh, development from the material science community, uh, chemistry, uh, physics, or material, also mechanical engineering or, or electric engineering, right? Um, but I think realistically speaking, um, you, you may not be able to get uh, one material that uh, fits all. Right? So I think uh, different materials, um, we, then you will come to the material selections. Right? We, we have to select, for different applications, we have to select um, appropriate materials. Okay? It, it always go hand way. You, you select, wisely select the materials, and also you, you, you advance the materials. right? So I think both are, are important, both are important. With this soft electronics, soft uh, robotics, right, it definitely um, pose a demand, demand right, for, for new materials. Right? So for instance, some of these composite ideas I mentioned, right, you, you, you can put uh, ceramic particles in the, in the matrix to enhance the thermal conductivity. Uh, you, you you can put uh, a nano metallic nanowires uh, in the matrix, right? Then you can have a, a soft conductor, right? That does not uh, change resistance with the stream. Um, the yeah, so those are our new development uh, in response to to the need right, of the field, and then but then we can still yeah strategically uh, select these materials, right? And then also with the mechanical design, right? So mechanical design. Uh, for instance, well, e even mm -hmm. right, I think I also mentioned earlier. E even for thin films, right? You, the, the materials are the same, but you you, you can pattern them in, in in certain ways, right? You call it, they call it like a serpentine patterns, right? So those ways to to effectively reduce the stress, right? So they can also be stretchable. Um, I, I would say. Yeah, it's it's probably very difficult. It will be ideal, but it's very difficult to have a, a, a wish list for materials with all the properties. But uh, I'm I'm sure the materials field will keep advanced to to to, to meet fields. But at the same time, we can we can borrow some other concepts right from the design point of view uh, to to try to 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 reduce the the mm -hmm. demand for for the tough to for the 
the highest demand for from the materials. My point is the materials are important, but alone might be difficult to to solve a lot of these uh, new challenges. Maybe two questions, three questions. Maybe the first one about physical intelligence. Well, to take your views about morphological intelligence or physical intelligence and how we can exhibit intelligence based on just yeah in passive material without any stimulus and still can give us intelligent behavior. Do you think? Um, yeah, how do you think about morphological intelligence if we speak in passive material level? Do 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 you think? What do you think about that? Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, very good question. Uh, in, in my view, I think the physical intelligence is really coming from both ways. One is the yeah the material itself, and then in that sense, it would be the smart materials, right? Responsive materials, you can call it. And the other, I was feel like also depending on the on on the highly related to the data science, right? When you when you have a lot of data, and then you, then you can uh, extract information from the data, and then you can optimize information from the data. So I I would say yeah to to, to me I, I I have to say that I have limited experience with physical intelligence, but uh, my view of this is so from including both ways, um, from the materials aspect right then. You how to make the materials uh, uh, responsive, right? For instance, people develop the uh, magnetically actuated uh, robots, right? The robots are, are very small; they can 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 move around in, inside your blood vessels. Um, so those are from the materials levels, okay? But the uh, in terms of the the data science level, I, I would say is uh, then you can have. Uh, um, you can have a large amount of data, right? And then using uh, algorithms, right? You can use a deep neural network, all those things to to optimize the behavior of uh, um, uh, of the devices. Um, so that's that's my take. Right? I think that the both aspects uh, are very mm -hmm. important. Maybe the one or two question now. I think what kind of future when you try to think about material in general. If you look to evolution, nature, they have this feature, or maybe something in your imagination that you wish this feature of functionality in the material, and still not touch it, maybe in discussions, scientific discussion. Do you have any kind of mm. ideas like this feature, or is this feature in the material? Okay, okay, okay. Good questions. I think we talk a lot about the materials, but the materials is 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 really endless demand for. For new materials, smart materials, um, uh, I I would say um, the nature provides uh, uh, endless inspirations, right? I think especially for the field of soft robotics, right? I think we we need to look more into the nature. There, there are different kinds of uh, uh, materials in the nature, right? They live with uh, very limited resources, okay, but they can perform the functions, right? They can perform the um, so, and that's uh, I would say um, right. We, we we look into not only maybe animals. We can also look into plants, right? So the animals, of course, right. Let's say if we look at the uh, cheetah, right, that could provide uh, a lot of inspirations for us fast moving robots, right? But also for plants, the the, the example I just gave the the Venus uh, flytrap. Right, that limit also almost no resources. Actually, it's quite interesting. This Venus, um, the the natural habitat of uh, Venus flytrap. Well, the 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 native the native here in North Carolina, okay, in in a 
a place close to the to the, to the beach called Wilmington. Okay, Wilmington Beach in North Carolina. So it's kind of native here. The reason you have this Venus flytrap is because of um, the soil is is so poor. It doesn't provide enough nutrition. So they have to eat some extra to supplement uh, the nutrition. Okay, so they have to capture some some prey. You, you, you see, I just uh, sometimes I feel amazed, right? The the nature is just so smart. Okay, they can be self-adaptive, right? Like in this case, right? How does it know? Okay, well, I I need to have some additional a <laughs> supplement in my diet, and then I develop this uh, bi-stable mechanism, and then I use it to capture phrase. It's 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 amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, a lot of the sea animals also they provide uh, inspirations, right, for underwater robots, right? Uh, even the fish, right? Just if you look at the fish, how the fish vibrates, right? Uh, just basically bend the different parts of their body. That creates the propulsion right, to move them, right? The fish swims uh, basically like a seamlessly, uh, effortlessly, right? So it's, it's, it's quite amazing. Yeah, there's a lot to learn. So. To answer your question, my wish list is uh, well. I, I wish well, for different applications, right? For different applications, we can get the materials that can mimic the the functions of, of the best living things, right? Be it animals or plants, um, in, in that category, right? If you want to have something fast, as fast as cheat. If you want to have something. Uh, swims without any effort. Right? You look at a, a lot of these fishes or jellyfishes, right? That can hide, can hide themselves. Right? It can be uh, behind the rocks and so. On. So all these features, right? Uh, the different uh, in the, in the living world. Yeah, I think this kind of provides the inspirations for for the material scientists. If we can develop materials, of course, for different applications, right? We can learn from different. Uh, Living species. That's very good. For example, maybe the last question: What makes me fulfilled? And maybe the moment, uh, yeah, that you feel that very satisfied with what you do. I, I would say in two aspects. I would say two aspects. Well, but still, yeah. Thank you for the question. Well, two aspects. One is uh, for research. For research, oftentimes, okay. Well, we work with the students, graduate students, postdocs, right? We work on some problems. Maybe for for weeks, for months, of time, sometimes even in years, right? It doesn't really the things doesn't work. Okay, we we tried all this, it failed, and so. But all of a sudden, okay, it worked. It worked at the eureka moment. Okay, that 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 really is mean the word to to me. Okay, as as a researcher. Okay, and then so that would make you all the efforts, right? All the day and nights. Okay, you you. you uh, you, you feel it worth that's worth it, right? because uh, um, for research you always want to do something new. Right? You also want to try something that uh, people have not done. Right? So as long as you you, you push that envelope a, a little bit, right? As long as you 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 make a little bit of new contributions, I think that to make me satisfied. The other one is uh, from the, the the teaching point of view, right? The teaching point of view, right? So for us, right, we not only research a new Knowledge, right? We also want to transfer the knowledge to the next generations, right? So we work with uh, right students in the lab or postdocs in the lab, right? So they 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 learn the new 
uh, skills, right? They, they, they become expert in their uh, field, right? Then they move on, right? They move on to become professors, to become uh, researchers, and so that is satisfying. And also, even for the undergraduate students, right? When we teach the classes, when they come to the class, they perhaps I teach uh, um, a mechanics of materials, okay? <laughs> in the undergraduate level, also graduate level. Uh, so when they come to the class, they have, they have little knowledge, or even no knowledge about what stress is. Okay, they may know what force is. Okay, but they have no idea what stress is. Okay? They don't know the difference between stress and pressure. And uh, anyway, and, but by the end of the semester, oh, they know how to do some structural design based on the stress principle. Oh, they need to make sure when I design this, the maximum stress cannot ex exceed a certain limit, and so. So thus, yeah, it makes you feel, wow, okay, well, this semester is really worth it, right? The students now, um, at least they are one step closer to, to, to being ready uh, to go out to work. Mm -hmm. This is inspiring. I don't know if you have any final words like to say, any final words you'd like to say. Um, not really. All I would say is, uh, I think software robotics is, is a fantastic field. I have to say, it's actually a relatively new field to, to my group. We have done quite some work in soft uh, electronic soft sensors, but uh, so far, right, we, we have found it's fascinating. We have found uh, the materials we do, the soft material composites, and also mechanics plays a very important role, but also multidisciplinary. We do the electrical engineering, the, 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 the heat transfer, all this plays, plays an important role. So. It's, it's absolutely uh, a fascinating field. It's, it's interesting. And, and also, um, I hope okay, that it's, it's relatively new that, that many people can, can make contributions from different uh, disciplines. As, uh, for the, in, in, in the nanotechnology field, right, we often say there's a plenty of room at the bottom. I think for these softer materials, I would say something similar, right? There will be plenty of room to, to explore for, for this field. Mm -hmm.